middle cough. ABH. Here we go. Here we go on a Tito's Tuesday, John. I love Tito's Tuesdays. Tito's I can't Tuesdays. wait for fall Tito's Tuesdays. When the pads come on, the pot is on. I got to think of a good rhyme. When the pads start popping, the pod starts. The pot we ain't start hopping. When the pot, we need some, we need some Muhammad Ali's in the uh, comments. Uh, I was going to go an inappropriate route, but I was like, this is a kid's channel. Not really. But. <laughs> What's up, everybody? We are uh, recording this on a Tuesday afternoon. And uh, if you're watching the YouTube back then you see a photo that uh malik who was uh, in the stands at Niners practice took of us unbeknownst to us uh here's the key you do it somebody did to me when i was stopped at a crosswalk shout out uh, my neighbor danny he was walking his dog i said danny i rolled the window up. what's up danny he just yells tito's so you can yell promo code ham you can just yell ham you can yell middle call for hey behaves or you can just yell tito's at us we'll answer to all of that next time you see us take a pick but you know holler at your boys I completely agree. We answer to Tito's. So you yell Tito's, we will answer. That's right. And we answer to Tito's like anytime they text. Like, hey, what are you guys <laughs> <Yeah>. up to? <laughs> also to Trey Lance. Scream Trey Lance. We, we, might, uh, we might perk up. Uh, Matthew on uh, YouTube says, when the pads start popping, the pod starts dropping. I like that. I like that. And now it's dropping. And now it's dropping. Absolutely. Uh, man, we got a ton to talk about today. We just went to Niners camp, and uh, we have, John, observations and takes. Plus, there's a bunch of NFL headlines to get to. Um, it is past 5 o'clock in the East, so on a Tito's Tuesday, John, why wait? It's also past 2 o'clock in the West, so it's also lunchtime in Hawaii. Uh, so, you know, whatever time you're listening to this. We are, for those of you who missed it, uh, on Sunday... The Monday pod, whenever you consume the news of the week, the talk of the town, the media game still reeling, John, from the news. Uh, we're so thankful to everyone that's reached out and told us they're on board. Uh, we have gotten a few, including our buddy John Dickinson, who said, uh, I, Tito's, I got two bottles in my freezer right now. I didn't need you guys to tell me about Tito's. And we're like, that's the beauty of Tito's, the number one vodka in America. This podcast and football season on this show is presented by tito's handmade vodka john and that's yep. an awesome thing obviously american made based in austin texas no big deal longhorns horns up uh right there it's where tito beverage who started the uh, the brand the guy's name is tito somebody tito's. tweeted at me uh on sunday for those of you not in the what there's a, a grocery chain called ralph's somebody tweeted me it'd be like if the guy who owns ralph's last name was grocery <laughs> <laughs> exactly it it, it it was he was tailor-made to have the best vodka. And our, our buddy Dickinson, who looks very, very skinny and svelte, uh, Tito's, gluten-free, boom, Tito's soda. It's basically every adult, I would say. Once you probably get over that 30-year mark and you realize tonic has sugar in it, so you avoid that. You just go soda, dip a lime in there, and boom, you can suck those bad boys down with the best of them. If it's sunny outside, I, I go sometimes with the John Daly. You can just go lemonade and vodka. You can mm. go orange juice and vodka. You got a lot of options, guy. 
How, how about my idea? The ham and vodka. It's pink lemonade. Pink like a pig. You know, it takes a couple steps to get there. Yeah, but. it's, it's a, that's a lot of ways to get there, but uh, that's, that's a, it's a good drink. So I can't recommend. If you're out in the Bay Area, here's what we need to do, right? Tweet us a picture. If you're at a bar, if you're at your ha- house drinking, if you're at your home bar, take us pictures of your bottle of Tito's, of your cocktail, of your friends, of your wife. You guys having a good time. The bottle, the drink, send it our way. DMs, tweet us. You guys know the drill. It's very Facebook us, yeah. LinkedIn. Even though that's feels like LinkedIn's a little more serious, we're cool there too. So, uh, so do it. Yeah, I mean, look, this we we've told you guys about it. We'll be telling you more about it as time goes on about the company. Even though so many of you are familiar with it, that's the beauty of it. Um, but Tito built his own distillery. No one had done. No one had had a vodka distillery in the state of Texas since Prohibition. I don't know if anyone even had one before. But nobody thought to do it. They thought you couldn't do it. Well, Tito was a man who wasn't down with uh, nobody knows why. The man racked up 19 credit cards, couldn't, couldn't get an investor. You think there's some people kicking themselves right now because they didn't invest in Tito's? The man started pouring for free at fundraisers, John. No big deal. And people started going like, dude, you got something here. What is this? He's like, oh, it's just six times distilled in copper pots, not columns like the rest <laughs> of them. It's more labor intensive, but it's better. And then he got invited he was to right. like the, uh, the, 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 the spirits competition in San Francisco. He couldn't make it. He just sent a case. He didn't come. He didn't put any logos on anybody. He didn't have anybody out there shaking hands, handing out pamphlets, no presentations. Won the whole thing. I think it's double gold. No one in the, I, last I checked, uh, no one in the Olympics wins double gold. They just win a gold. You know who was interested after that guy? Who? Uh, this little place called Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's. <laughs> and they called him. He, I don't think he knew what that was. And he asked his cousin who lived out here, he's like, I'd recommend you send them whatever you want. <laughs> Gives Trader Joe some Tito's vodka. And as they say in show business, the rest is history. They say that in show business? Maybe yeah. people just say the that? Yeah, the rest is history. And Tito's vodka now kicks everyone's butts. It's what we drink. Tito's soda. Tito's, uh, and anything you want to put in it. We gotta get, yeah, we Tito gotta Sprite. get some of our Tito re- squirt. recipes. I've gotten a few people telling me about Tito's squirt. I'm like, I didn't know squirt was, people are still I, drinking I, squirt. I didn't know Squirt still existed, guy. I didn't either, I, but uh, it's great to be a part of Tito's history. We want uh, you to tell us, show us your Tito's, <laughs> and uh, didn't mean to do that. <laughs> and um, it's going to be a, a great a great season. Tito's Handmade Vodka, America's original craft vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. I stopped <laughs> in and saw our buddy um, Elias. People from oh, yeah? the old school radio days remember our buddy Elias runs the liquor store here and around the Steeler fan, me. big Steeler fan. And uh, I said, T- uh, I said, I went into him yesterday. He's like, how's it going? I said, well, it's going really well, actually. Thanks for asking. I said, how's Tito's doing here? And he said, Tito's is doing great. He actually has the little mini $3 bottles. And I, th- oh. I thought I should, we should carry those in our pockets and hand them out like business cards when somebody asks. We, sh- we should take them to Niner practice tomorrow and, and when the kids come in. I'm just kidding. The crowd? I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> D Ford almost killed a batch of kids today. Oh yeah, the the uh, <laughs> yeah. Santa Clara Mustangs were coming in. <laughs> yeah. Did not see D Ford running. Luckily, he's got the good suit. Yeah, change of direction, and he was able to stop. Looks healthy. We'll get, get into him brakes. later. Uh, the number one story. Let's dive in, everybody. We went to Niners camp today, and there's a lot to talk about. But I think the simplest way to put it, John, is Trey Lance looks ready for whatever is next. He hasn't gone live in a game yet. This was the first day of pads, but. If you walked into this competition, as you like to say, if, if my mom showed up or aliens came from the moon and you said, which one's the starting quarterback, 
she'd guess Trey Lance, or at least she wouldn't say, well, clearly it's number 10. Yeah, she would not say, or the alien would not say it's number 10. I, I'm not trying to overreact on this one. I get it was just one padded practice, but if you believe the hype from Saturday, which people like Matt Mayoka, who have been going to these practices, you see he tweeted out the thing of Steve Mariucci in 2002, congratulating him on his baby. Yeah. He's been at these practices for 20-plus years, and he was raving about how great that practice was. I heard Greg Papa talking about it on my drive home. Greatest practice he's ever seen, John. Now, he, he's Saturday. a long period of time there was some, with that Oakland Raider team that was pretty ugly quarterback play. But you don't have to be Bill Walsh or Kyle Shanahan to realize this guy's talent is in a different fucking universe as the other guy. And I'm not trying to overreact to one practice. I'm just building this into... Listen, I have had to reevaluate my take on Jimmy Garoppolo. This guy would be my starter week one, uh, unless it's a catastrophe of him not being able to read defenses against another team. Now, granted, he is playing against a big-time defense with big-time star players, and he just can do things physically that Jimmy just can't. Like, there's, there's an element to this, even if Jimmy was really good, like even if he was just maxing out his ability, which would probably be the 12th best quarterback in the league, right? That Jimmy's just on point and just playing as well as he can, somewhere 10 to 14, kind of that range. Would you agree there? I used to agree more with that. Because I want to address that, though, because yeah, I... I'm just saying, yeah, my point is just, Jimmy's paying his, okay, yeah, maybe 15 or whatever. Trey can just do things with his legs that Jimmy can't. That's just black and white, even if Jimmy's playing well, right? He just doesn't have that ability to run. But then you factor in the arm. Like, at, Jimmy just doesn't have a great arm. He doesn't have a bad arm, but I'd say it's league average. You know, it's just, it's fine, but it's not, Trey has a hose, and then we watch him make some of these throws. He's pretty accurate, right? It's cool. Well, it's clear. I, it's hard to take, like, huge takeaways in practice with accuracy besides, like, splash plays. I think it's fair to say he's not an inaccurate thrower. Yeah, I, I would say, what's the was it Matt Damon's character in Ocean's 11 or Ocean's 13 or Ocean's 12, whichever, where he's like, he puts on the fake nose and he's like, the nose plays. Like, the arm plays. Like, it, it's, a, it's not just a rocket arm that the ball's flying all over the place. It's a very useful arm. And he doesn't just use it for the deep ball. He uses it for tight window throws over the middle. He uses it for a running back in the flat who can then get the football quicker and turn up the field, or Kyle Juszczyk or whoever. Because we were talking to Mayoko, and you and I watched well before anyone heard of this guy, Kaepernick. His arm played strength-wise, but it was a scattershot arm. Yeah, and this is why when we watched the Trey Lance tape months ago, what was my take on the Colin Kaepernick comp? It's not a good comp. It's not a good comp because this guy throws with touch and better accuracy than Colin ever did. And so to your question on what's Jimmy at his best, I said, I don't know, a month or two ago that I didn't think – I, I couldn't expect that if Jimmy was at his best that Trey Lance could beat him out. But, A, is Jimmy consistently at his best? This is why I said on Sunday, it's this is not just an injury issue for Garoppolo. This is also a performance issue. Early, early last year, we didn't get a lot of Garoppolo before he got hurt. But remember, when we did get Garoppolo before he was hurt, there was a question as to whether or not he was regressing. So, uh, you know, now we haven't got a, a live action yet. Like, we're going to get some preseason games. And that'll be a major determining factor. But Kyle Shanahan can say whatever he wants about it. it's not a competition. There's a reason that every coach values practice time the way they value their children. It means a lot to them. Because practice matters. So yeah. whether you call it a competition or not, 
We're watching it happen. Like everything that happens on the field is a competition. Well, I, and I, I was thinking about this on the drive home because people will eventually come like Jimmy. Let's just say worst case scenario for Jimmy's career. Trey beats him out. They cut him or something right before the season. And people will be like, Middlecoff, you once said Jimmy was better than Derek Carr. Jimmy was better than this guy. Jimmy was here. At one point in time, I believe that. Players are like the stock market. They go up and they go down. This is not something that just, like, I, I just bought a, uh, a coffee table. I put that coffee table in my living room. It's a, just a black wood coffee table. It never fucking changes. Maybe I put different things up, but it looks the same unless you nick it or break it. It's going to look the same. Players get better or they get worse. It's the famous line in football that I think Belichick started and everyone stole it. You either get better or you get worse. No one stays the same. Because the point is, if you're staying the same, you are getting worse. And I think it's fair to say that like that Jimmy, definitely that when he first showed up, but even the season, I guess it was uh, that he tears his ACL, then they go to the Super Bowl. He had some ups and downs. He had some really good moments, but he was never like a consistent player. Now his really good moments were really good. But I think looking back, it's not like he ever, like really good players. Let's think of some young guys right now in the league. Lamar Jackson, not even Mahomes, but like Josh Allen. Uh... Herbert last year, right? They strung together several, like, eight straight good games. Maybe bad plays in some of those games, but, like, every week you're like, this guy's a good player. That's not Jimmy, right? And you just kept hoping, like, he can figure it out, he can figure it out. And maybe it's just as simple as, one, he just has limited physical abilities relative to, like, the guys I just listed, and obviously Trey, right? He's just physically not as talented as those guys. And really, looking way back, he was a late second-round pick. Right? I mean, he, it's not like he was once anointed as like a top 10 pick, some physical freak. He was really just more of a good football player. And listen, sounds like I'm shitting on him. He's still probably better than 10 starters. So there's 20 people in the world more talented than him, right? When you, and, and when I say talented, better. Playing quarterback yeah. is more, the, yeah, just better. But Trey Lance, the talent is one, undeniable. And then two, the hard part about just. This scheme, historically, takes guys a little bit longer. Whether you believed, you see the Peter King note that he had watched more iPad film than any guy of the 90-man His, his iPad had logged more time in the system. Yeah. And then Kyle pushed back that he's like, anyone with kids know you can just press play and fall asleep. So it's Anybody like, that uh, <laughs> got through college knows there's, there's ways around things. But like, here's what AP I would say stats. back to Peter, who Not you and brother. I have known for a long time. Might have been regular stats. I Someone gave Peter that nugget. Peter like, King, went out, yeah. Went out of their way to give him that nugget, as in, there were people in that building, whether it was Kyle, might have been Welker, I don't know. Could have been John. That was an impressive thing for could've them. Could have been Jed. Right? Very easily could be Jed. Probably yeah. is Jed. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but, but all of that is bullshit if it doesn't look like he studied when the when the, when the the when practice starts. Right? It's translating. So whether he's cooking the books a little bit with the iPad or not, he looks fucking incredible. Exit to East right <laughs> nasty. Yeah, he does. And so we had read about it. We'd heard about it. We'd seen some clips about it over the weekend. I think the point of this, this particular conversation is we went and saw it today, and it's real. This guy has a chance to start week one. I, my, my takeaway is after, just after a day, it's only August 3rd, I would start him week one. Now, I'm adamant that rookie quarterbacks, the faster they get in, the faster they learn. 
and the faster you build on some of their learning curves and mistakes. What I saw today, again, we're not be, trying to replace like Trey Lance is trying to beat out Matt Stafford, right? Or Trey Lance is trying to beat out Dak Prescott, which you could say in a couple years he'll be better. Or even like I'm sure when Mahomes with Alex, where Andy's like, I know for a fact I can win week one with Alex. I don't, you know, it's just I know I'm a 10-win team. I, I, I'm watching Jimmy with this team. I think I ask you or someone on the sideline, do you think they would 100% be a lock if Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy the whole season, which is obviously a big question mark, and just started every game that they would win, go 10-7? and Because my takeaway was I don't, though I do think it's possible, but I would I would be uneasy with many games. You did ask me that, and it would be uneasy. I do think they would win 10 with him if he started They have a lot of talent games. around him. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think he's good enough enough, even though he's not great often, that you could get enough there. But he didn't um, look very good today, I didn't think. Yeah, I just here's and you said this on the last podcast. It, like when you are when you're extremely skilled, particularly at the quarterback position when nobody can hit you, practice is you can look good in practice, right? Jimmy Jimmy's thing is not what's he's he gonna do pocket, in a practice yeah. that's right? No. Um so that's the first thing. Now, he, he actually, if you're Jimmy, you should be begging, like, let me play a little more in the preseason games because that's his chance to excel because you're right. He's not – the play of the day was made on a potentially sack that might not exist in a real game. It was right? the – you know what, John? It was the throw – correct me if I'm wrong, but the throw that Trey Lance made today that, yeah, should have been a sack, was the throw that got everyone fired up in uh, workout season. When you're rolling to your left – you have to turn your body or th- kind of throw on the run as, as a right-handed to- as a right-handed quarterback. Yeah, and he and we were standing right where it kind of it was like a 45-50 yard throw would be my guess. It kind of went we were on by the reception, the Trent Shurfield reception. And it just While well, you're watching in the air and then you eyeball the receiver, you go this thing's going to hit 8 yards ahead of him. Good. You got to give the receiver a little credit, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a guy that might make the team. You and I were talking about him with Dickinson, like a lot of special teams experienced last year with the Cardinals. And he made some plays today, actually. Um, Now, again, it's hard to know what all of that means. But see, I think what you said, I want to go back to something you said about how you would start him right now week one. But there, the question is also, okay, that's fair. We got to see him in these preseason games. But the question is also, will it get to the point where Kyle is willing to go there? And I think given what... Trey Lance can do with his legs and given Kyle's experience with Robert Griffin some of this a lot of this probably will be determined by how it looks in the preseason but I do think there's a I do think it's possible that Kyle gets to that conclusion as well at this point well there's two ways to look at I I think I heard uh, someone say as we were leaving the field that the ratio I mean I'm not taking notes on pass run ratios I think it was 15 runs and nine passes for Trey Lance. And it was evident out there. They were doing designed runs for Trey Lance, which no one's tackling anyone to the ground. And really, after a couple steps, most guys are pulling up. It looks freaking awesome. I mean, some of these holes are parting like the Red Sea, and that guy's taking off. He's making moves. He's not... He, he has some wiggle to him. So when he gets in the open field, not only is he fast and huge, but he can move a little bit. Uh, when I mean move, like side to side, as we used to say in the scouting world, COD, change of direction. He is not just a straight line runner, which once upon a time, Kaepernick, who's by far, you know, Steve probably is the best runner in the history of the franchise, the modern day franchise post, you know, Montana. 
Kaepernick's the most explosive, though, right? When he got open space, he was just, his play speed was elite. I don't know if Trey Lance's play, like, he will get caught by defenders. Like, a fast defender will be able to catch him. Yeah. There are going to be times, though, like, Cam would run you over. Kaepernick would, if you didn't have an angle, would run by you. I think Trey could make a guy miss. And th- th- there is an element. So I'm watching today thinking, is Kyle just doing this because, worst case, he knows he's just going to use some of these plays throughout a game or just seeing, like, well, I know Trey's going to be able to throw the ball, too. If I can do this, can I just have a game plan with this guy completely? Because he's got to be, and, and regardless what you're he's... You're saying if he's th- not quite ready as a passer, can I still play a whole football game and a whole season with what he's got? And even if you go in with that mindset, as he keeps making these passes, how do you not come to the conclusion, well, it's like, well, I can run inside zone with him, I can run outside zone with him keeping it, and he can make all these throws? And the more he does that, guess what? The, the easier it is to throw the football. I... You could argue that even if you wanted to cook the books for throwing for Jimmy, be like, you know, some of these practices aren't even real for him. We still are more confident than in a game. He'd just be more comfortable. The 10 to 15 times when Trey could just take off could get you seven, eight extra first downs. Like a third and five with Jimmy, he's just, he has to throw for it. I think Trey, I don't see how once the fans see Trey on the field, unless he just completely looks different than he has the couple times you and I have been around the team, how it's not the overwhelming reaction from the outside is what are we doing? Well, but, but John, but that doesn't, I agree, but that doesn't matter. I don't see how, if he looks like this in games that Kyle doesn't think. 100%, 100%. But I could just, I just think coaches naturally just, they always try to poo poo things. I mean, it's August. I agree, but I don't August 10th, August 30th, Kyle McVay, Gruden. These guys don't hold on to quarterbacks too long if they don't have to. Big picture. Do you think it's safe to consistently run them between the goals? No. (laughs) That's why I I said this the other day. Like, if he is the starting quarterback, there will 1,000% guarantee save this market down. There will come a time when we have the conversation about, is he, is he running too much? We're going to have that conversation because it's going to be effective. I'm cool with getting outside the tackles where he can just hit the ground. Inside the guards, and definitely just the tackle box, which if I had to guess, I saw at least five times a day. Like kind of running up the center's ass. Remember, he's... we saw that in I college. don't like that play. I that, know. He likes it. He does, there's though. A, there's a lot of body... Well, he remember, he liked that at North Dakota That's State. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he, he's comfortable doing it. He's, he's but, a... There's a lot of clutter in there, guy. There's linebackers. There's fat defensive tackles that are strong that can fall on I you. I know, I know, I know. There's, there's a great. You got defensive ends there's coming a, down. There's a phrase I like in basketball where someone's like an when they're just when they're automatic. You just say like if he's a bucket, like hey, he's just a bucket. Yeah. Like he's a four yards. Like if he's gonna tuck the football, he's four yards. Well, you're right. The exercise we did where you, you pulled the plays and we were going over them. He ran up the middle a lot. I think he, and that's, I think Cam was always really, most quarterbacks would want no part of that, right? Cam naturally, I think, felt confident because he's like, that motherfucker's not going to tackle me. I think Trey kind of goes like, that guy ain't going to tackle me. But the reality is, even the little dudes, remember, I, I what's his name? Uh, the little guy, 42, that, that Reggie drafted once upon a time. Uh, oh, Carl Joseph. Carl Joseph, even the small guys in this league will put your sternum on the other side of your back. I mean, it's just the the you get hit. I mean, Jimmy Ward, who, like you said, at practice, looks a little smaller with one. 
he will hit your ass so hard coming 10 steps down at you, right? It's just the violence. It's why I have so much respect for running backs, but I don't like my quarterback taking that type of violence. Well, and like I think you said it during practice, like we don't know. Can he slide? We'll find out. But slide's not even an option in that No, it's not. But it is just part of what, you know, you'd like to see a guy do. That is a legitimate question. It can is he slide? a legitimate question. I didn't see him slide. Remember Michael Not Vick? They, Bobby Cox sent some people to try to help him out, and he couldn't do it. He like had the brain fart. Remember, he just couldn't. <laughs> I can understand he, that. Anyone who's done sliding drills knows you, that definitely yeah. can happen. And you start like we always. He always just shoots forward. The problem is when you shoot forward, guys can come at your sternum. Yeah, I've always Ryan Leaf has always told me he thinks sliding is more dangerous than diving because he thinks when you slide, you just you guys are going to end up hitting you in the head. Did you see the line? Was it the Lions? Uh, was it? I, I would say, though, the last couple years, they've really kind of gotten they that do, out. The guys it just, stop. It does happen. You just get, it can oh. happen, yeah. Who, was, uh, who got hurt? Was it Jets or Lions? Not Lions today. Panthers? The receiver who got to get carted off? Yeah, it was the Panthers. The, the guy Panthers. that hit him got cut already? Oh, he did? Yeah, got kicked out of practice and then cut. Do you remember Thursday night within the last five years, Kiko Alonso and Joe Flacco? When Joe Flacco tried to slide last second on a Thursday night game, vaguely, kind of, and he got he got killed. I mean, I'm shocked he's actually still alive and playing in the NFL. Kiko killed him. Uh, hey, Kiko got tossed out of the game. Somebody just asked, "Is there any video of this Trey Lance play out there?" I, you weren't allowed to take it. The Niners team might have per, uh, Twitter team. So if anybody has seen that video, send it over to us and we can uh, we can all watch it together. Before we go any further, just another quick thing. We'll get to a lot of your comments as we've been doing throughout. Also. Uh, for the mailbag, go to iTunes. Leave us a review on iTunes. We appreciate that. In that review, uh, leave a question and tell us your favorite bar to hang out at, and we'll get all that in the mailbag. We got a Facebook page. Go check that out. If you're watching on YouTube, smash that like as well. Yeah. Yeah, and tell us about your favorite Tito's. I got Jesse says, Tito's 100% grape juice, squirt of lemon juice, salted rim. Do squirt and 7-Up have a lot of sugars in them? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we were watching John Lynch out there today, watching Kyle Shanahan. I do think... I, I was driving home after practice thinking just like your mind's racing about how, how, the timeline. Could Trey Lance beat out Jimmy? How's this? When's he going to start the competition? How many preseason snaps is he going to get? What do you do with Jimmy after the fact? But, and I just kind of took a breath and take a step back. And I just thought about something you told me from the first year you were in Philly, how the trade happens. And then everyone comes out for the first OTA and this carries to the first practice. And you're just kind of holding your breath to see if the guys you drafted you don't know yet, but you just kind of hope that they don't look bad. And I do think we go back like, you know, however long ago Kyle started watching and, and, and John Lynch started watching Trey Lance tape, seven months. And they made the trade in late March. They moved up to three. We spent all this time talking about Mac Jones and Justin Fields and Trey Lance. And we don't know. We are uh, we were the, the, the tip of Trey Lance's career here. But... Those guys have to feel as good as you could possibly feel right now about the trade to three and the guy they picked. Yeah, since I've been doing this, working in the NFL, then doing a show with you, I mean, the amount of first-rounders from Khalil Mack to the Armstead and Buckners to the Amari Cooper, uh, back to A.J. Jenkins, Fletcher Cox, a couple years into Philly, seen a lot of position players and, and I think there's a tangible feeling when you walk out that first day and I was a pass rusher because one day you're hoping that guy's going to be 10 20 30 million dollar player a year Buckner Armstead Mack Fletcher there's a lot of prep you feel it just because like that that guy has a chance to really change your franchise I don't even think that guy and I would say of that group 
Khalil was held to the highest standard of that group, just the hype he had. I don't even think he, I would put him like an, a tenth of what you feel with a quarterback. Because for as like great as a pass rusher could be, not there's not a soul that would rather have a star quarterback than a star pass rusher. Like that, the, the impact that player has on your team, right, changes your life. Like ultimately, Khalil Mack or Buckner, they can be all pro. They can be great players. You get credit on your resume. They don't really change your life, right? I mean, change your career. If Trey Lance works, and, we, and we've seen it so many times, right? Since you and I started doing a show, I bet if we added it up, there have been 25 top 10 quarterbacks. And of that group, probably five, six, pretty big trades to get up there. Jared Goff, once upon a time, Carson Wentz, Trey Lance, Sam Darnold. The added pressure to me of a trade takes it to a different world. And I remember feeling bad for Jared Goff, and obviously you and I spent a lot of time watching his career. You probably called his games. And that hard knocks, it was like, God, this makes him look really bad. And there was just all this pressure. They just drafted him one. And it was like, oh, my God. He finally got in late in that season. I remember Richard Sherman killed him on a Thursday night game. Like, this guy going to be a bust. Sean McVay got there and kind of saved his career and definitely made him a lot of money. But... I would imagine if you look back of just the recent memory of guys, non-Andrew Luck, the, the tre- now I don't know how many media members and the hype out of Jacksonville Jags practice, but it doesn't feel like, and I'm pretty locked into the NFL, the hype on this guy has already exceeded everyone else right now in his draft class, just through a week, just how great this guy looks, how he might already become a starter. And I think a huge part of that is just the elephant in the room of the trade. Like the the... the, the because the hype that came along with this kid was probably just a lot. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, you know, he was anointed the number one pick the, the year he won the national championship as a right. freshman. Zach Wilson was, it kind of felt like by the end of his BYU season, people pretty much said, like, he's probably going to go number two behind Lawrence. The, the, the Trey Lance, a little out of nowhere. And then the trade just kind of took his, the whole package, the player, the name, the hype, then the factored in with Kyle and the Niners. It's a pretty unique situation, right? But like you said, ultimately, like, that's all fluff if he's not good, but he's been really good. And, guy, he's been so good, it's not where it's like, you guys can't even tell what you're looking at, right? He, he just threw it, this deep in cut at 14 yards, even though the guy broke it off at 13, but he let him because the other guy, like, he, they don't have to nitpick it like that. Everyone on the sidelines like, Holy shit. That's what it is. For the media people on the sideline can just go, holy shit. And the crowd that was there knew what they saw. And the players know what they're seeing. That's the other thing, right? Fred Warner, Eric Armstead, Brandon Ayuk, Alex Mack. Think about that. Think about Alex Mack and Trent Williams are good examples. Trent's been in the league a decade, so has Alex. Probably even a little more. Mack played with an MVP. Trent... Got pretty shitty quarterback play most of his career in Washington. A couple Kirk Cousins years. But, like, they they have just played so many players, been in this league so long. It's going to be hard to me if Trey, to tell guys like that, like, they're just going to know, right? Yeah, and, and I, yes. Yes, they're going to know. And, again, I, Kyle's not – I don't think Kyle Shanahan's the guy that wants to, like, punish the rookie, Right. Like, I'm going to hold him. I think Kyle wants to play the best play. If he thinks he can do more with Trey Lance, I, I think he's going to play him. It, but that's pro sport, shouldn't you? Yes, but you agree. Some it's, a, coaches, it's, a, it's a complicated situation. Some yeah. coaches err on the side of the vets just 
because that's who they are, yeah. right? Um, and these guys, like, we don't have to wait to find out if Kyle's trying to replace Jimmy Garoppolo. He already traded up to number three and drafted a quarterback. Yeah. There's not like, let's wait and see how many snaps Trey gets week two of the preseason. I mean, we are. That's going to matter. That's going to tell us something different. The only question but, is, was he ready? Right? Yeah. That was the only question. But the idea that, like, I don't know, does Kyle want to replace Jimmy? I don't know. He just drafted a quarterback third overall. You tell me. I think yes. No, he, he replaced him. <laughs> yeah. So, he replaced him. Um, here's the play, John. The Niners just, the Niners just tweeted the, uh, the video. Somebody asked, who is this on? This is like a... This is not one of their starting linebackers. It's on a linebacker. And I would say this, even slow motion, doesn't quite do this throw. What it, what it doesn't do justice is, doesn't do the wide receiver justice because he had to carry, cover a lot of ground those last like 10 yards. I like that guy, 81. Surefield, yeah. I was hoping we'd get a little camera time there. but uh, It looked like Eric Branch is back. One I, thing, the, and I'm I don't not think trying this to does make justice too, to how far the ball went in the air either. I, I'm not trying to make too much of this because I, who knows the social media team relative to the coach and the GM, like they probably just anything that's not like, you know, you can't steal away from us. They don't care what you put out. They have ridden. And I, again, ridden Trey Lance in their videos, ridden them. Like he, the, the, the ratio of Trey Lance hype on just, their social media team, the team social media team, to Jimmy is feels like a ten to one ratio. And one, I mean, one guy's your starting quarterback. Yeah, the social media team though is here for the. All right, uh, social media, you're up in the uh, in the department meeting. All right, uh, uh, Twitter video views are up fifty five percent over last year's week one practice. I mean, it's just yeah. This is. This is one of the biggest stories in the NFL. It was one of the biggest stories in the NFL when they made the pick because it was such a big deal that they traded up. And John, they're feeling great about it. John Lynch is going to fly to the Hall of Fame induction in Canton, Ohio this week. He's going to walk out onto the field. He's going to walk out and see all, Charles Woodson and all these other guys. And Charles is going to be like, have you tried my wine? And John's going to be like, have you tried Tito's? <laughs> and they're going to ask him about his quarterback. Like, John, it sounds like your guy looks good. And John Lynch is going to go, he's going to make a face that says to them, I'm pretty sure we nailed it, fellas. That's how. Hey, that's what this looks like. Hey, hey, Calvin, you would have loved catching balls from this guy. Hey, Peyton, you would love the way this guy works. Hey, T Coach Flores, you would have loved coaching this guy. Yeah. That's how he feels right now. Pretty, pretty sweet class John's going in with. Incredible class. Yeah. Uh, there's some quite 81 again. I've seen some people in the uh, in the chat, but uh, Trent Sherfield is the receiver on that play. You you told me this at practice. I had no clue. I was just mentally prepared. Sunday night, be like, oh, football's on, and then two two series in, you're like, this is terrible. But it's Thursday night football, <laughs> so <laughs> Thursday night football is the whole thing. This Thursday, game. yep. Cowboys Steelers. Do you think they realized? I don't know. I wonder why there had to be a reason to put it on Thursday, not Sunday, right? I wonder if Thursday in some ways is just a better kickoff to a season. If you're doing it in the middle of the week, it yeah. almost it's easier to I don't People know. People can't I mean, be can at dinner everything. or anything. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like everyone watched when it was on Sundays, but Yeah, it's there's really no bad time slot for the NFL. But uh fifty three is one of the Got the roster here. It's not. It's not the Hall of Famer. Uh, it's a linebacker. 
Jonas no, Griffin. Jonas Griffin. Second-year man out of Indiana State. Acquired as a free agent. Maybe it was a rookie free agent in 20 at the roster. Here, so. You know who went to Indiana State? Eric Brown? Larry Bird? He, yeah, Larry Bird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're right, Eric. Did coach there. Uh, and that video came from the Niners, so you guys can go go check that out too. All right. Well, I mean, look, look there's plenty of quarterback stuff to talk about. I think, you know, Debo Samuel did not practice today. Did you see – what did you – did you say groin – yeah, well, I don't know if yeah, I don't know if it was a for sure Niner tweet. Okay, so just, all right, we'll stay away from that. Um, but there's one guy who looks. You you want to tell people about? Uh, I was going to wait, actually, friends. but yeah, we can dive in. Why not? Let's see how long we've been at this. I say we do another. Let's talk about Brandon Ayuk. Okay. Uh, because he looks great. He looked great last year, John, and he looks like a. I mean, it's not C.D. Lamb level catches. Problem, problem for Ayuk when it comes to comparing him to CeeDee Lamb is Ayuk is often open. CeeDee is never open, but he makes all these ne- never Never strong. Like, I mean, uh, he gets... I'm giving him a compliment. It's just... I'm just saying. Why did someone sh- shoot me an email today that was th- saying that I was blowing CeeDee Lamb? It's like, guys, I, I think you guys are almost... Uh, if you're a CeeDee Lamb hater, you're trying to nitpick him. Like, if his comp is DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins was never open, and he fucking dominated the league for like eight straight years. I, I think he'll be fine. Yeah. I when we There's get, some CD haters, is my point. It's crazy. I guess it's because he's a cowboy. He's getting a lot of love. When I crunched the numbers a while back, trying to find out, you know, what do the Niners need from a production standpoint from Debo and Ayuk and Kittle, I put 85 catches down for Brandon Ayuk, but maybe we can go higher. Maybe we should go higher. Maybe we should expect more. Do you know one thing, as you said you were contemplating on your way home, I was too as I was slamming a Togo sandwich. And as I went to, uh, I needed a little caffeine, so I got a Coke Zero. They had these freshly baked cookies at Chevron that were like wrapped. I was like, hey, you know, they look pretty good too. I took some of those. Uh, not my, uh, you know, just I, I broke down in the Chevron. But I'm thinking driving away. And listen, I'm not trying to bring up and, and troll people. I think the NFL is pretty lucky that the Niners traded for him because there would just be some limitations even with Trey, definitely this first year. If the Green Bay Packers would have got what we just saw out of Brandon Ayuk, who, to me, Trey was like the star of practice just because he's Trey Lance, he's throwing these. I felt like Ayuk was everywhere, operating at a different speed than everyone. He looks like and star strong. I mean, like Julio's a star Right. I, he looks like a stud. He looks like he's got a chance to be a Pro Bowl player. Yeah. And I guess my take was, if it would have been the Packers that had traded up for him and not the Niners, can you imagine Aaron with Devontae and him? Because he's a, he's a perfect complement to Debo. Well, Debo, Devontae's like a way better version, you know, is more works, you know, within 20 yards. This guy's flying down the field. That offense, he threw, what, 48 touchdowns last year? How many touchdowns would he throw this year? Like 60? It'd be unfair. It'd be, I, I, and my point was like, Niner fans should just be glad you got this guy. The Packers didn't get him because it would have, it would have been a separating factor. Because to me, clearly, the Niners haven't had a guy like this since you and I have been doing this. And Crabtree was a good player, but Crabtree didn't have that. He's not that fast. This guy's so skilled. I think he's a little uh, more he's dynamic, such a great, even than he, Emmanuel a ra- Sanders, right? Yeah, I just think when you're that fast and that good of a route runner, you can. Like Devontae's not that fast, but he's an, and Keenan, but they're elite route runners. They get open all the time, right? The knock on CD and they're physical, and they're physical, but they they get separation, 
and then they can break it. To, like they, they just create like these five yard windows. Like a lot of four, five, eight, or four, six guys, they can't run away from everyone. Those guys are such elite route runners. It's like that's why everyone was blowing Jerry Judy. You're like, well, you got this fast guy who then is a good route runner. It's Amari's thing. All of a sudden, they'll just be like seven yards all by themselves. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was Marvin Harrison forever or Jerry Rice. Well, that's what I think. Just kind of feeling this guy. Ayuk just gets open because he's a great route runner and he's fast. It's like that's the ideal combination. Then, you know, you obviously got to be able to catch and adjust to the ball. But I think he really stood out to me just being a practice. Just his speed. I think you said it perfectly. If you walked into practice and said, pick out the pro bowler here, you'd think it was him, right? Because George Kittle doesn't, you know, like the way he plays in in a practice, he he establishes who he is in a game, right? Defensive players, unless you're a corner it's hard, like, for Fred Warner to really establish in a game, in a practice. Like, oh, damn, Kittle's like a UFC person. fighter. You know, if you go watch him train, you'd be like, what's this? And then the fucking lights go on, 18,000 people. <laughs> yeah, like, it's oh, just, my God. And I you're tr- get on part of practice, you're trying to protect them, right? But it's Ayuk. Especially, and you especially notice it when Debo's not there. You go, there's one guy who's clearly better than the rest, everybody else. It's him. And I, I think part of it is, you know, Arizona State had had back-to-back first round. Uh, back? No. Two years apart, yeah. I guess. Back-to-back? No, no they, they were back-to-back, yeah. They had back-to-back first-rounders, right, in Nikhil and, and Brandon Ayuk. And we, we, you and I have talked to Herm before. I saw him last week at Media Day. I asked him about Ayuk, just BSing with him. He's like, oh, oh he's going to be special now. You know. Um, I think part of it is the, the guy. Like, we talk about it with Trey Lance. We talk about it with a lot of the Niners, with Warner, with Trent Williams, with Juszczyk, with Kittle. Like, there is another element to the guy that they really value. And I think the thing that Herm loved about him and the thing that John Lynch loved about him, like, they think they got a guy who is committed to getting better. And the only question with him is health. I mean, he had 96 targets last year, 60 catches in 11, in 12 games. So if that's 17 games, why isn't he? How many catches, you say? He had 60 catches last year in 12 games. Yeah, I mean, I think you add, you know, if he can get – Let's say he plays 16 out of 17 games. I'll even give him a buffer, maybe roll an ankle or something. I, I, I don't think 90 to 95 is out of the question. I also think Herm deserves credit on this one because he told John he went to the combine. He didn't run that fast, and he's like, you know, you tweak something, he plays much faster. And honestly, as someone who I, I guess I wasn't as locked into Brandon Ayuk because he clearly didn't have the momentum that Nikhil had built up halfway no. through his season. But Herm pounded the table to them. Like, I'm telling you guys, this guy's way faster. And he's right. His play speed, he hauls ass out there. Yeah. Like Muhammad Sanu, who clearly is healthy and is going to make the team. He's going to play, right? To me, if they rolled out with three wide receivers, it would be assuming Debo does have some random injury, which happens a lot. Debo, Ayuk, outside, and probably Sanu in the slot. Or you could flip him in outside and Debo in the slot. You can do whatever. They're all three kind of interchangeable. But, like, Ayuk brings an element that those two guys just don't have. And really, they don't have on the team. I mean, he's, he, he's you know, a true deep threat like Tutu or Deshaun or, you know, some of those types. I mean, I, I, I do think he's going to have the ability to, like, throw go routes and he can smoke a, a corner if you're not paying attention. Yeah, again, like, this goes – it is part, and we've said it a million times, but it goes hand-in-hand hand with the Trey Lance thing. Like, you can take advantage of what he can do. Um, and you factor in, like – Ayuk looked really comfortable last year as a rookie when he missed some camp. He was hurt, right? It was a really weird rookie year. If you, if you 
were 100% there every day, and he was not. And he still looked really comfortable really quickly in the NFL. So uh, it says a lot about the guy. I Listen, it's it's because they're somewhat connected just because the Packers needed a wide receiver. They took the quarterback. That one is one that I do think could hang over their head a little bit. Well, and I don't, maybe they were the team. I mean, Herm told John Lynch, if you want him, you better go up and get him. Well, they jumped over to the Green Bay, yeah. right? Because they had beat him. That one hurts. Would you rather have Brandon Ayuk right now or Jordan Love if you're the Green Bay Packers? <laughs> do you think there's any chance the Niners would trade Brandon Ayuk straight up for Jordan Love? No. Maybe straight up for Aaron Rodgers once upon a time. Yeah. <laughs> well, would you still do that? Would Is it Aaron Rodgers straight up Trey Lance? I have to see it today, John. <laughs> I don't think I would. Rookie quarterback. No one's saying he's better than Rodgers, but rookie quarterback scale. He saved money. Rodgers needs more money. He's what it, He's what you want it to look like when you draft him third. That's what our eyes are here to tell you people today. Yeah. All right. Who should we tell the people about, John? Our friends at? DraftKings. Woo! Free-to-play pools are available every day of the of the games in Tokyo, offering a free shot at up to $50,000 in total cash prizes. That's $50,000 up for grabs when you use our code HAM at DraftKings. Yep. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during the day's events. Track your results. I was flipping around last night. I couldn't sleep. It was like 10.30. They're on NBC, NBC, you know, that 723 channel. They're on this other NBC channel. I was like, where's the basketball game? USA? It's on the Peacock. I mean, you got games, you got events happening all over the place. Uh, questions range, you know, from metal count to questions specific to the USA team. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now. Use the promo code HAM. I need you to do that right now. If you're watching on YouTube, do it. If you're listening, do it. Get a free shot at $50,000 in total cash. Prizes every day in the games of Tokyo. Head to DraftKings pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code HAM for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Uh, I was uh, knocked backwards, John. Uh, Monday, I guess it was, when uh, knock, knock, knock on the door, open it up, and it's a box of meat. Not just a box of meat from butcherbox.com slash ham, but also the same box that you can all get right now when you go to butcherbox.com slash ham. Free lobster tails and ribeyes in your first box at butcherbox.com slash ham. That's awesome. Guy, they sent us this box. I stick my hand in there. One, the dry ice sticks to it, and I'm like, ah! And And then I throw it over, and I see amount of meat that could feed the 49ers offensive line. You think you'd probably go, God, John, that's a lot of meat. Well, yeah, they sent us a lot of meat. We're talking hamburgers. We're talking free-range chickens. We're talking ribeyes. We're talking porks. We're talking, like you said, you go to uh, butcherbox.com slash ham. Your first purchase, your first box, which ranges from 9 to 11 pounds of meat, they will throw in two lobster tails, which I got in my freezer right now, and they'll throw in two ribeyes. You like meat, you like protein, you like to eat, you want to cook your uh, your wife, your significant other, your roommate, just be like, let's eat. And that's what butcherbox.com slash ham does. Send you, send you meat. Yeah, delivers hum- humanely sourced meat of your choosing right to your doorstep. Options like 100% grass-fed and finished beef, free-range organic chicken, humanely raised pork, wild-caught lobster tails, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, and sugar nitrate-free bacon. Butcherbox.com slash ham. For our listeners, for free lobster tails and ribeyes in your first box, uh, that's two five-ounce lobster tails and two 10-ounce ribeyes for free in your first box. Yes, that is a lot of meat. 
Okay, other observations from Niners camp on Tuesday. First practice with pads on and uh, a lot a lot of other stuff to rattle through here. What, what, where do you want to start, John? You start. Uh one thing I jotted down on a funny note was Tim Ryan is fantastic hair, the Niners uh, radio analyst. His hair. You said it to in the me, league. and I looked. I was like, oh, my God, his hair's long. You agree. That's a, that's a good head of hair. Great head of hair. I mean, that's if I could if I could choose the big man upstairs would let me pick one attribute, I would choose that for myself. But on a serious note. I'd go note, abs, but, but anyway, keep going. On a serious Nick note, I, I respect anyone who has major injuries. Who have made one? I, I just respect you. If you've made enough money and you still work through adversity, whatever that may be, to try to do something. And when it has to be a lot of money, and when you play pro sports and you get enormous contracts, you make enough money to never have to do this shit again. And unlike baseball, if you're just a pitcher, or even basketball, if you're just a corner three point shooter, playing defensive line is hard. Like you can get fucked up. I saw we were watching Trent Williams go one on one, and you'd be like, I would now he was. If it was a golf swing, he's swinging about 50% and still throwing guys to the ground. Arden Key got pushed to the ground, yeah. <laughs> but, like, you have to go up against offensive tackles, which, beside, like, Shaquille O'Neal, are some of the greatest human specimens on planet Earth, right? They're 6'5", 320. And D. Ford, who clearly had major back issues, right? And he's a speed guy. I, I thought it was over. He's out there practicing and practicing pretty hard. And I heard a couple times a defensive line coach, like, D, you're good. Like they're you know they're limiting his rest, but yeah. he was he was there right next to the coach, attentive. Now I get they're paying him money and he's a professional, but he, I, I've just been around this thing long enough to know like once guys hit that mark 30, 31, 32, and they've made a huge amount of money and they get a major injury that derails their career, it's understandable to be like you know this is over, and he's just grinded. Like I I was I, I was not expecting it. Yeah, I thought he looked good. He looked you know the D four that I knew at Kansas City and even that first year with the Niners. I, just knowing the guys in Kansas City, he was like 230, 235. I thought he looked a little thicker than that. You know, I'd, I'd probably say he looks like 245. Well, I asked you, I'm like, is this what he normally looks like? Yeah, he looks thicker. Now, he's been working out. He's had years, year and a half to work out, but still. Yeah, I mean, how many how many games are we talking about here the last three years? Well, I, I don't think he played a snap last year. Uh, I, it says he appeared in a game. Maybe he did make a comeback, and then immediately after the first series came out, if, if I remember correctly. Yeah, 11 games in 19, played all 16 and 18 for Kansas City, only played six the year before that. So, you know, in the last four years, you're talking about one full season, and the last two years you're talking about 12 total games. Remember, they franchised him in Kansas City and traded him for, like the Niners, not only gave him a second-round pick, they then gave him a lot of money, uh, Sometimes you miss, but I, I do think you appreciate as a team if a guy just keeps trying, right? And the back injury, Especially when unlike, you think like I could, he's like a a useful middle reliever, a left-handed matchup guy, right? Like well, there's a it, place for him. I, I can imagine, right? If I break my arm or I fuck up my shoulder or I, you know, Carson Wentz my foot, everyone knows. Like the team knows I'm not like, hey guys, I have a displaced foot, right? I think sometimes with a back injury. It's, it's kind of like a headache. Like, I got a headache. You're like, well, I, do you, I don't know how much it hurts. You're like, it hurts, right? It's like my back. I remember Steve Kerr talking about don't ever get back because no one really knows except you. All these other injuries, like you tear your tricep. It's like the doctor's like, that looks bad. You're like, you know, we can't even really tell, but, you know, just relax. <laughs> it, it's just one of those things where I can imagine it's a lonely, as someone who's never, ever hurt his back and knows some people, I, I think it is probably... The loneliest injury. Because if you have a broken leg and you're walking around with a cast, everyone's like, how are you feeling, man? 
Yeah. Right. Or, or you know, something on your arm, you know, splint on your wrist. My mom broke her wrist. Like everyone can tell. You're back. You're like, are you good now? What's your problem? Yeah. Plus limping when you're walking and limping. It's like, is that real? Is that a real uh, limp? Or, no, I'm with yeah. you. I, you know, you, we have used the early, like those primo Harbaugh years um, as a barometer for good practices and good looking teams. Going out to a, prim, a primo Super Bowl contender Harbaugh year practice, you know, like for two, three years, it was, you thought you were watching the best of the best. Like it what's what going to an Alabama practice right now probably feels yeah. like. It was not loud. But there were badasses lock, 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 lock quieter. There were badasses <laughs> everywhere, right? Yeah. And you said to me less, today... A lot, lot less going on at those, right? The fans weren't out there. Yeah, it, but it was more just about the presence. Of, yeah. They had so many players with a presence. Yeah, Physi- it felt like football. Both physically and just, you know, Alden and Patrick... Will- uh, Alden. Uh, Navarro and Patrick Willis were not 6'8", like DeForest Buckner, right? Yeah. 6'7", like Eric Armstead. But they just had a presence about him. And you said today to me, you're like, you know, I kind of, I kind of feel that again. And you know, I think you kind of felt it. Buckner really fit that mold, but I think when you looked around, I think a quarterback maybe brings a little of that. The guy to me who I you looked at today and went, and we've seen him in person many times before, but to just look at Fred Warner, and he just looks different than most NFL linebackers. I think you kind of understand why he's such an elite cover guy when you see him in person, because he's really tall. And I, it, it's really apparent when you get to, you know, get near him. It doesn't come across on television how I because I, I turned to you and said, I think Fred looks taller than six, three. Um, but it's, you know, you look out and you go, there's the best line. There's one of the best linebackers in the league. There's one of the best left tackles in the league. Uh, and there's one of the best tight ends. In the league. But to me, it's specifically Fred in a game of physical people really stands out for looking different than most guys that play his position. Yeah, he really looks like a star. I mean, I he he looks like a star. I mean, they had they just, they have some star qualities to them, right? I mean, Bosa, Kittle, Warner. I mean, you're talking three of the best of their position. Obviously, Bosa looks healthy. That that to me is a key for a guy that had a pretty devastating knee injury. Uh, obviously, they're not putting him out there every single snap, a little like D Ford, as they should not, right? I mean, you're not getting him hurt at practice, like. You know, Armstead can play every snap, and he's unfazed. But Bosa, when you have a 15-sack guy coming off the edge, potential, like that does put you in the realm to be a big-time defense. right? I'll go back to the Raiders team that made the playoffs that had Khalil Mack when he won the Defensive Player of the Year at two different positions. Their defense sucked, right? It was not very good. But he was so good... When you rush the passer a lot, you just get a lot of tip balls, create some turnovers just because of the pass rush. And the Niners, unlike that team that just had Khalil Mack, they have two or three guys that should be able to pressure the quarterback. And Kinlaw, we stood next to him a couple times, mammoth of a human being. Absolute. And we've talked about this, I think, on the last podcast or two ago. Armstead and Buckner are two of the most unique players I've ever seen in the NFL. And I just think they are... They're two outliers in the NFL, right? To be that tall, that long, that athletic. They play inside. They're not true pass rush. Like they're comfortable lining up over, obviously Buckner is. Armstead can kind of do both, but Armstead has no problem putting them inside. They just look different than every other massive defensive line they stand, lineman they stand around. 
Kinlaw, more of a normal defensive tackle, but he's still two inches probably taller than 6'4", so he's 6'6". Whatever they list him at, they're probably lowballing him. If I had to guess, just looking at him, 335. Got him at 319. 65319 on the official. Three, the three, 319 seems small, right? Would you add about 15 to that? And it's not, I'm not, he, I don't think he looks fat. No, I just looks think good. he looks an enormous defensive tackle. You should feel pretty good. You have enough pass rushers around him. When you throw him in, like, you ain't running at me. To me, that's his one of his roles. Like, just when the team wants to run, they are going to try to double team him. He, he should just hold them up and fuck up their run game. Because I don't. Any pass rush you get out of him, like if you can get five, six sacks, that'd be incredible. He should be a terror in the run game. He should immediately be, at that size and that talent, one of the best run front players in the league. Because we, I saw Buckner, who was that. He didn't have that stoutness. Buckner really just kind of, I think most people around Buckner would tell you, despite his top 10 pick and how talented he is, he still overachieves. If... Kinlaw just achieves who's blocking that guy besides like Trent who's Williams. Who's moving him? <laughs> Trent Williams. Right? You don't just have to block him. You, in the run game, you got to move him. Yeah, he's not a movable object. He's fucking huge. Uh, other observations. You know, one thing we wanted to, we got to stand close to D'Amico Ryan's a little bit today. He was more vocal than I expected him to be at times, just in terms of cheering guys on. At one point, he was yelling at Fred Warner. He saw, I think what he saw was like a pick. He wanted Fred to move to where he knew the ball was going before Fred. Now, in Fred's defense, D'Amico's standing like, you know, D'Amico's not in the middle of the field, but he's been there. He knows what it looks like. He's got the walkie-talkie. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed watching. We just I watched him for a while. At first, I'm like, yeah, he's quiet. But then as stuff started to get going, 11 on 11, he, started, he was yelling at guys. I, he looked very comfortable. He looked very comfortable doing what he was doing. He's got also hard to all, hard to hear a coach when Post Malone's at seven hundred decibels behind you. So, yeah, but I heard I you could tell he was yelling at guys and um, yeah. Uh, I, I I think overall in training camp, if you just went team by team, it's a very optimistic time. Now I bet if you went Jags, Texans. The Jets, like I bet Jets are optimistic. I bet Jets are Jets are sneaky more optimistic than you. Do. Yeah, but I I think there's a lot of like just trying to improve young guys. You wouldn't know half the guys that they're kind of coaching up. When you go to Seattle, the Rams, the Packers, Tampa, right? This is the good teams, you know, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. I I, I do think you walk out there with the Niners. There was like a comp. There was like just the way that everyone cares. Like you just had to go body language on guys. Like we're fucking pretty good. Yeah. You just kind of get that. And then back to what you said about the Harbaugh teams, those guys carried themselves like they had big swinging dicks. Cause they did, they would knock you out and they had, they did it for years. And once Jim got there, Jim brought that positive energy and they just, he led them that talent and it all came together. This group I think knows. And a lot of the guys, obviously last year, everything got derailed. I think they know they're pretty good. The defensive guys, I think, know they're really good because I think last year, if you're Fred Warner, right, or you're Armstead, I mean, Bosa goes, I was here one year and I was kicking everyone's ass for a season. <laughs> you know, like the, uh, who's beating us on defense? Offensively, they're just, depending on who the quarterback is, they're just natural growing pains. But I think defensively, the intensity of this unit and just given that part of a defense is how you build it, right? Like you can 
depending on who your DBs are, if you get hard-hitting DBs, which the Niners have had, I know they lost Sherman, but Verrett will hit you. Mosley will definitely hit you. Jimmy Ward wants to hit you. A couple times he blitzed, and you could tell, like, you know, I'm not allowed to hit Jimmy, so he, like, pulls up. When your DBs hit, naturally your front seven is typically going to hit. I mean, that's the one unit that, like, hits, right? You have a – they're going to be one of the more physical defenses in the league. K1 Williams is a hitter. Uh, and they're going to be one of the more physical run games in the league. No shocker. Now, right? can – yes. Can they just man-to-man cover on the outside? So, you know, what that was one of the things we wanted to go watch was Ambry Thomas and Diamador Lenore, the two rookies. I, I'm concerned about that. I was concerned about it before the draft. I didn't watch individual cornerback work today. Uh, normally, John, that's the first place I go. I let – I let uh, other experts tell me about hip turns. But, you know, I saw – well, I'll tell you what I saw. Diamador Lenore a couple of times. He got a penalty um, press coverage on River Craycraft coming off the line of scrimmage. He probably should have got a penalty. Ayuk had an in-breaking route, and Lenore was kind of holding him, playing physical with him. I gave Ayuk a lot of – Ayuk kind of gave him an arm, knocked him back, and then was able to get free over the middle. Um, you do that shit in, uh, in May. That's a draft pick. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Thomas, a couple of times in press, press coverage, kind of Kevin white was able to break through it and break by him. So, you know, I didn't, there wasn't a lot of opportunity. I thought I was kind of looking forward to like seeing those guys. Would you see them against Ayuk or see them against Debo? Obviously we didn't get Debo. But I, that's still very much a question, I think. I think one thing you notice, Lenore is a little more, a, a little thicker. I mean, he's not, I think maybe he's listed at 5'10", and Thomas is listed at six foot. Thomas, kind of from the waist down, looks a little bit like uh, Akella Witherspoon. He's not as tall, but he's got, you know, he's just, he's got a skinnier kind of fast guy legs. He's got tall guy legs. Like, I don't know what his, uh, if he's high-hipped, or I don't know what the ratio is, hip to torso. But he does have long legs. Long-legged? Yeah, he's got long legs. But Lenore is just kind of stout. Oh, high, high cut. High cut. Yeah, thank you. High cut. High um, but I don't know. I didn't walk away today feeling like I had any questions answered there. Now, they aren't the starters, right? But we just know the way the league works. How between Verrett and Mosley, like more than likely one of those guys is going to get banged up. You're going to need other guys to play. Now, the thing with corners, like guys can kind of come out of nowhere. Emmanuel Mosley was an undrafted free agent, and now he's a starter. And, like, you know, the Niners feel good about it. But ideally, you would like... Now, their draft class, if those two guys, one of those two guys is good, Trey Lance is going to be the starter sooner or later. Aaron Banks, probably more than likely, starts a guard. Trey Sermon is going to get... Whether you start or not in this offense, I, I would be shocked if he's not getting double-digit carries. He looked... He had one run. I was like, God, I thought he was like a, I thought he was like a Jerome Bettis... He looked fast. He did look fast. Elijah Mitchell had a run. Like, he's clearly going to play. So, th- if that just draft class alone, now that's all on offense. But that would be two running backs, a running quarterback who can also throw, and a big guard. That You'd feel pretty good about that. Now, the, ideally, you're just going to need some DB help. Like, that's just been a problem. It does feel like the Niners have had a lot of DB injuries over their mm-hmm. injury tenure. So, now... It's not an I've area of depth. I've always said this, though, when people nitpick just defensive backfields, the best teams, when they had Revis or Richard Sherman in Seattle and the Jets, their other corner usually sucked. 
one year the Jets had Camardi. But remember the Seattle teams, it was like Brandon Brown or it was like other guys. They just rotate through. You usually don't have like, you know, we got Richard Sherman and Pete Patrick Peterson are our two corners. That's not. So most teams, if you have one good cornerback, we have Darius Slay. That's it. And then our other corner stinks. A lot of teams just have like kind of two random guys there. So that's where the Niners have done this. I think a lot of good teams do this. The Steelers are a good example. Just draft defensive linemen every year. <laughs> Just just try to win up front, and then you make those guys look way better and have, like, solid safety play. And I think the Niners do have good safeties. My take is I do think corner is a position where, I, you know, I would invest less in. And I, I, I would invest more in middle linebacker, and then obviously the Niners have one, because I think so many teams want to throw the tight end and the running back, and that's where Fred's going to make his money, right? Like, if if you're playing Devontae Adams or a star receiver, like he's just kind of going to get his. It, but if you can take away everything else, you can double-team that guy. Now, more and more teams are just going to have several wide receivers and think about the division they play in, right? I mean, the you got Lockett and you have DK, you have Robert and they drafted Woods, a, and you have Cup. And they drafted a fast guy and they drafted a fast guy. You got Hopkins and you got Christian Kirk's a good player. Yeah. But they're... But they they're just not. drafted Rondale Moore. They're, 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 they've been trying to find the second guy for a while. Yeah. I mean, they paid AJ. We'll see what they got there. Yeah, Andy is a But I, I, would say, I would say Lockett and DK are a legit problem, right? Yeah, and they'd be a problem if you had if you had a yeah. shutdown corner. You'd still have a problem. Yeah. Um, I, and I think the question with Lenore and Am- to me and Thomas, it's not did you find a lockdown corner. It's just did you find guys that you can trust if you need it, to trust them. Yeah. Or did you find it's one a, guy? Not both. I mean, you draft two so you can hit one is kind of the hope, right? Yeah. Um, which which one's the Oregon kid? Diamador Lenore. Okay. And Thomas is from Michigan. My favorite. One of my favorite names. I do think Akello said that when he went to Seattle, he said, when I've been healthy, I've been the best corner in the league or one of them. Yeah, there's something. There was a quote something along those lines. <laughs> I mean, now he's going up against DK. I mean, if he has good practices, and lock it. I, I think people would be surprised – I do think a lot of corners talk like that. Like, if you just walk, we're usually the way we have to watch practice it for the Niners. We're always on the defensive side of the ball. You get some pretty arrogant and cocky things said by guys you've never heard of. You're like, what did I just say? <laughs> you know, they just, they, they have a lot of self belief on Absolutely. that side of the ball. Yeah. And it's not the defensive linemen don't even talk. Like, I didn't hear Eric Armstead hear, say, or Fred say one thing. We we're standing right <laughs> next to him. It's the, it's the smaller, skinnier guys down there. They never shut up. Kinlaw did, did get into it and kept going with somebody. Uh, but I think there's a lot of these guys. If you saw any of Nick Foles, I watched 10 minutes of Nick Foles press conference the other day, in which he basically like raised the like Colts come and get me. Uh, but he was, he said repeatedly, like, I know what kind of player I am. Like it just, you know, he's the third string quarterback of the bears and that's how he thinks of himself. And I have no issue with players that I think you have to have that self-belief. So any, yes, yeah, he did win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not here to argue. Uh, no, I did, he, he's been pretty terrible. Ayuk did catch some punts. Um, yeah, anything else you had from uh, observations? No, I mean, I, 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 I give it. I like that Kyle. His time. I like that ten spot. Ten it's seventeen. Not too early. It's not too late. Crowd was good. B- better than noon. Better than eight. I, I liked. I just like that time. Would have liked Crowd to have seen good. Debo. Would have liked to seen Debo, but I think it's part of the package. I'm not, I'm not trying to get ahead of ourselves here, but if Debo just has another one of those years where he just battles these tissue injuries, like that is an area where the Niners are just going to like that address to try to get 
Now it's hard because Ayuk is a first round pick. Kittle's being paid a lot. You got several running backs. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can just patchwork it together consistently. Yeah, I don't know. You're, you're you very dependent on Ayuk. You don't really healthy. have the depth at receiver to, to. I mean, I guess you have to include Kittle, and you know you got some running backs that can catch and use check and catch. So you can spread. You can, but I mean, obviously you you uh, include Kittle. He's going to be your leading receiver. Um, but do you trade? I guess you don't have any picks to trade for a star. Because you again, you have money, right? Once you get rid of Jimmy, like that's they're going to have a two year span. You're two, three, and potentially four. I, I'm I'm not into paying the guy after year three. I wait till year four. So you get those three years of that rookie contract. That's you get to kind of load. Yeah. Up. You you capitalize on Trey Lance's relative. Yeah, che- like I mean, what you're saying. Uh, say what you want about the Browns. They have done that with Baker Mayfield, right? They've been very aggressive for three straight years, like signing guys, trading for guys, doing things. Yeah. You see the clowny video that went viral of him tripping over the back? No. Someone just type in clowny. It was like, God, clowny looks good. And it's the it's the drill where there's like five straight dummies and you hit one with your right, you hit one with your left. Well, one goes down and then he trips over it. Oh. <laughs> it's I mean it's clowny looks scary good. <laughs> that sells the tweet. Hit the ground pretty hard. Uh, <laughs> you know, those drills we you you watch and you and I were talking about this today. It's incredible the degree to which football practice is for all we talk about scheme and does he fit so much time is spent on fundamentals and all this stuff looks kind of easy until you see somebody trip over a bag. And then you realize maybe most people couldn't go through uh, a ladder drill this quickly or do the thing where you, they bring the, the overhang that's low. So you have to crouch, keep low, stay low, stay low, stay low and shuffle underneath. It doesn't look like it's that hard, until like somebody that's not an elite football player does it, and but it's well, you and I, you and I were bullshitting about this at practice. Is that, and it it hit me just watching the amount of people out there. One, you are so dependent on your assistant coaches, right, to just run those basic drills. And by the time you get to the pros, like you know the drills, like a lot of like the first thing the middle linebackers did was two guys stand five yards apart. You take a couple steps and you just do a form tackle. Like Fred Warner's been doing that since he was young. But think about the, like, basketball, right? Steve Kerr did this when he first got hired from the Warriors, but most people don't run on, like, bounce passes. I remember Iguodala's quotes were like, yeah, we were doing bounce passes. We are like, what is this guy doing? And it ended up working out for him. But in the NBA, it's like, yeah, just give me the fucking ball. I make $40 million. In baseball, the GMs are running it. In football, it's, it's a double whammy, right? One, you do have to be pretty scheme-versed as a coach. <laughs> you either run a side of the ball... You influence the entire team. Like you, you have to handle a lot of football knowledge, X's nose. And then you have fucking 10 million people running around in August practice. From your players, you got 90 of them. You got 20 plus coaches. You have uh, equipment people. You got trainers. Every single question, if you truly want the decision maker, comes with that guy. Now, I, I do think you just kind of know, like, leave this guy alone till after practice, maybe go to a court. But there is a lot going on in the practice. Like, it, it is. It's understandable why football coaches there aren't so there just a small amount of good ones because you could probably know football but you could get overwhelmed with everything else well, it, right because there's also you know you, there were times when we saw them working uh, Diamador Lenore in they'd work uh, Ambry Thomas in sometimes they'd send them in together to be on opposite sides part of that equation might be who are they going against do we want a couple of reps of Diamador Lenore against 
Brandon Ayuk, right? It's not just the DB coach who gets to send them in wherever he wants. Sometimes there's a larger practice plan against about who are they repping against and how do we get them particular reps. So there's just a lot of moving parts that you're trying to organize at once. Well, and that's usually, in my experience, done well before. Right. But a lot of it, like like if you're Kyle, you can't, you might not have like a team meeting with your coaches with the defensive side. You just tell, hey, D'Amico, or the linebacker coach, you tell D'Amico, this is what I want. And you hear a lot of coaches that fail go, if I could do it over again, I shouldn't have micromanaged so much. I should have trusted my people. You do just have to trust your people to figure it out, right? You say something, your, your mind's working a mile a minute. You just kind of like, I hope this guy knows what I meant. The communication is so big. Like, it is very, very difficult to be a football coach. And obviously, I'm not even just talking the NFL. I, college, a big high school. Like, it, there's just, there's way more moving well, you have parts less than the staff other at the high school level, right? Yeah. Just there's a lot like of eight coaches and seven of them are volunteers some places. It's, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a I lot. mean, if you don't win at Clovis West, you know, people will be on your ass. Come on, EB. Go get them, big boy. Uh, go get him. Somebody asked about the Jalen Hurd. He did. He was out there today. Um, you know, you remember so much when he came out was like, you can use him as a running back. You can do all this stuff. You know, now you look at this team and they've got a ton of running backs. The question I have is, is he, can he be a receiver for you? Not, is he a Swiss army knife necessarily, even though, you know, I think he basically came into the league at Fred Warner's height and weight. So actually a little taller, probably. It was pretty crazy. Just he was like, I understand why there's so much question about him because physically he's an outlier. Well, he's competing now to make the team. Like now it's careers kind of on the line with the Niners. Do you agree there? Yeah. <laughs> like he's just, you're not a running back. You're an outside wide receiver. Can you make the team? I, I uh, Of all the intriguing guys, to me, he's someone to keep an eye on the preseason. Like he needs to one have some moments for the Niners to make them team. And who knows? Maybe there's a number game. They can't keep him. Could he do enough to intrigue someone, another team? Like if you're some shitty team, like the Texans or the Jets, people are, I've done this job. I have a buddy that's coming out to the Raider Niner game. And he's like two weeks. Like I'll meet you in the city. We'll get dinner. I was like, you know, you got to drive, you know, an hour down there. He didn't care. You and I talked about it. Some people just want to come. But my point is he's coming to watch players like that. Like, he's just a guy that I'm sure a lot of teams had intriguing draft grades on. As I was talking to David Lombardi out there, he's like, you know, he's kind of been the man of mystery the last two years, right? Good way to put it, He he had that first preseason game. He scored a touchdown. He scored two touchdowns. Definitely ran the guy over at the goal line. And then we just haven't seen him. And you see him out there. He's big. But there's now, it's like, Ayuk's here. Sanu looks good. All their running backs look sweet. It's like, they even have a spot for him? They don't need trick play running backs they just got a point they got talented running backs they got use check they got well you know what's going to be Jalen's problem he's not going to cover kicks so he's not going to play special teams he's not a special team. he has to be a legit receiver can he be a guy that I'm playing 20 snaps a game at wide receiver and I would say just it's going to be difficult he's fighting an uphill battle though. yeah yeah uh some other NFL headlines to get to John there's other NFL going on. There's not just one team in the league. I actually got, you know, there isn't, believe it or not. I, I didn't realize this. I heard there's going to be a day. I think it's July 31st. The NFL's making a big promotion out of it. Where 31 of the 32 teams are all practicing the same day. Like it's a Saturday. And, well, wait, we already passed July 31st. This is, we're yeah, in August. Last, it would have been last Saturday. It would have been Saturday. Never mind for yeah. this promotion. 
That's what I watch. Now I know. Now I realize what I watched on Sunday was they must have gone all day long NFL Network going to camps. Okay, now I understand yeah. why I was watching something the other day. Uh, this this podcast is being recorded on August third. I'm learning. But you know what's months. funny is everyone's a little thrown off. I was watching. I turned on NBA TV in the afternoon. I'm like, oh, free agency's going. I wonder if they got some big breakdown. And they go to Chris Haynes, who had just like broke the Chris Paul story, and he's like, you know, I'm glad this ended. I didn't want to go till Fourth uh, of July again this year when Kevin Durant did that three or four years. I'm like, Chris, Fourth of July, it's like fucking August. But he, these guys' times are all. He's like, I'm glad we just get the holiday weekend to ourselves. Hopefully, coming up. He just doesn't even know what you know. He's just he's just locked in, thinking like, because usually it happens, free agency happens before Fourth of July. But he said Fourth of July like three times. <laughs> like, I do not want to be breaking stories on Fourth of July. I hear, Kyle says this all the time at press conference. Like, yeah, guys, I don't know. Every day is Monday to me. Yeah. Right? During camp, you just don't you don't really know. I do think once the games come, the even the preseason, I think there's a game in a couple weeks, maybe their first game's on a Saturday, if I remember correctly. There does just become a little ebb and flow to the week. Right? They practice earlier in the week. By Friday, they're off. By Saturday or Sunday, they're playing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They play the Chiefs, the Raiders, and the Chargers. They're three preseason games. The Chiefs, the Raiders are the second one? Raiders are the second one, yeah. Uh, maybe the third. But they definitely open their preseason with the Chiefs. Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders. Yeah. Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders. August 14th. Okay, yeah. The, is the, the Raider games at Levi, correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of schedules, this Colts thing affects the Niners. You and I did an NFC West preview a couple of weeks ago. Maybe it was three weeks ago now. And one of the things we talked about was the opportunity early for the Niners to get off to a good start, not just because they played Detroit and Philly early, but also because the other teams in their division have a difficult opening schedule. Well, now Carson Wentz is out five to 12 weeks. Turns out so is Quentin Nelson with the same foot injury that Carson has, same surgery. That doesn't, How's that even possible? It's crazy. Apparently, Quentin Nelson's had it since he was a kid, is what Frank Reich said. Um, and I know you said Jesus. the other day that Wentz, this maybe this has been a long-running thing for Wentz, but... Well, I, re- I read this probably was, was dating back to high school. Oh, wow. Well, my mom just had an x-ray. She found out she's got a cracked vertebrae. She, the doctor's like, how did you crack your vertebrae? She's like, I have no idea. When, he's like, it could have happened as a kid. She's like, well, I did fall out of a tree when I was eight. Could have been that. Is there... she have pain? No. Uh, anyway, this is not ideal for the Niners because I think they were counting on the Colts. I was a little bit to at least pick off, from the Niners' perspective, one of their two first opponents. The Colts open, John, with the Seahawks at home week one and the Rams at home week two. And now those teams are, in all likelihood, not going to face Carson Wentz. Um, I I think we're probably in agreement on this. I think most people watching this, if you've watched enough sports, you know if they say five to 12 weeks on a foot surgery, you're probably going to end up closer to the 12 than the five. So right now, five weeks would put you one, two, three, four, five would be uh, September 7th, 12. So he'd be be able to make week one. Yeah, but 12 would be like beginning of October, probably around the time the Colts, maybe he comes back, you know, a week or two before the Colts play the 49ers. I will say this about Carson Wentz. I don't look at him the same now that he has the injury, just because of the flow of his comeback. I think it's completely derailed, right? Like, I, I, I was expecting him to be a solid, you know, compete to be a top-ten quarterback again. But now I don't, like, 
his foot injury, he's not going to be able to, his rehab, he won't be able to practice. His accuracy was an issue. Like, mental reps, he's been fucking taking mental reps for years with his injuries. Like, to me, he needed his physical to get his mojo back. I, I, I don't find him as scary. Now, like you said, I would rather play Jacob Eason than a Carson Wentz if he's 100%. So, yeah, you're not wrong there. But do you agree, like, I don't look at Carson Wentz the same? Uh, I mean, I, you know, I know he made life hard on the Niners when he played them with a bad Eagles team. Yeah, he did. <laughs> to the game-winning touchdown. One of, he's, it's a, it's a disadvantage I don't think they the can Niners. beat you with Eason. Yeah, they can't. Well, they're going to lose those. If he, they play Eason, Seattle, and, and the Rams. Like, that's, like Eason and Quinn right. Nelson. I mean, you're not wrong. Sorry, Nelson. You're not wrong. Too. Yeah, I mean, you're not. But you, you agree, like, having a good guard, like, oh, that matters, but it's not like the quarterback is. Their team is still pretty good. He's, I mean, it's crazy. Their guard is probably their best player. Like, he's like a Madden 99 type. Buckner, you know? better than Buckner, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's probably, I mean, he's an all-pro right guard. Yeah, Probably the best guard in football, yeah. So, it would be, to me, if Easton's the starting quarterback for those two games, I would say it's a must-win for both the Rams and Seattle, right? You just have to beat Jacob Easton. You can't lose to Jacob Easton. Just that simple. Mm-hmm. But, I, I here would be my counter. Jacob Eason might be terrible, so it might not, none of this, it all might be fluff. Week ones are weird, right? Just, you can throw some wrinkles in there. Now, if he's Jags beat him last year, week it, one. Yeah. But Phillip, remember, threw a terrible pick, I remember, late in the game. Yeah, but it's just, it just, the Jags turned out to be bad. Yeah, they didn't win it. I don't think they won another game. Maybe they won one more. You, you could just, weird shit can happen. You're just, your quarterback's off, right? Russell learning a new offense. Game's in Indy. Because, like, if you're like 0-4 or 0-5, the the fervor in that place is not the same. At least week one, you're like, Us, we're 0-0. Come on, Jacob. Save our season. Because if someone was texting me in the league, the, the key is, can Easton just get them to like 3-3? Three and three? Just keep their head above water. Like if you're 1-5 and five in the AFC, you're done. But if he can just win one, lose one, win one, lose one, win one, lose one, which I know their schedule does not look like that's possible. <laughs> um it would be a pretty remarkable. Honestly, well, it would Frank, be, John, because their schedule is... If Frank's able to get Jacob Eason playing good football, that's an incredible accomplishment. It is. I, I don't expect Eason to give them much. Um, if I were them, I'd try to find another quarterback. But I do understand if... <laughs> I get it, as much as I hate to say it, like you always say, these are humans. Like, if Wentz is going to be back six weeks into the season, <laughs> are you setting him up to not be a great teammate and quarterback if you bring Nick Foles into that locker room? I know you could say put your big pe- boy pants on, but this is what you have now. I, I heard when I was driving down to Niner practice, Coward's opening rant was he had an epiphany yesterday. If we're seven years in and we're consumed with Carson Wentz's feelings at this point, like it's fair. you have the wrong guy. I, I understand. Now, my, my counter to Colin would be, yeah, but you're just in bed with this That's guy. Exactly like, right. this is just, it's what you chose, so... He's not wrong, but just this is your situation now. So are you trying to make situation. it work or not? Because you do, but you got him because you think he can be, you can resurrect him and he can be your quarterback for six more years. Because I don't think it would be unfair, let's say, to trade a fourth round pick for Marcus Mariota and just be like, Carson, when you come back, you'll be ready, but we needed someone else. Like, you can't be mad. The Foles thing is a different animal. It is. It is. And even Nick alluded to kind of being like, he said it without saying it. Like, yeah, me and Carson are not that tight. We don't really like each other. Carson he wanted thinks I fucked his career. Yeah, we don't like each other. Come get me, Frank. 
Yeah, and I, I and I think Frank's interested. You could derail your locker room again if Carson was. If you were Philly, you would do it. But they just acquired Carson because they think they can resurrect him by low on a quarterback with elite skills. So in theory, I agree with Colin. I, I he's right. It's a problem. Carson's flawed. But this is who you got. Well, you're already in with him for a third and a second. Worst case, right? Or I guess best case, yeah, but best kind of worst case. case. Is worst case, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're in for a third and a second. Guaranteed. You just gave a third. You're in for a second next year. Do you want to keep chasing the investment? Like, because if I'm the Raiders, it's okay. Yeah, I somehow got Mariota to go for $3 million. It's still kind of baffling. Like, he makes the same as Trubisky. I think he's better. But I give the Raiders credit. They did. Well, if Derek gets hurt, we need a backup plan. So we're not just going to give him to you for like a sixth. You guys are desperate, like conditional third or something. And if you're the if you're the Colts, you're like, ah, we can't just keep chasing this quarterback and not actually getting anything, right? It'd be one thing if like, oh, we just traded for our Josh Allen or our Lamar Jackson. But that's not really what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I think they had hoped, I mean, let's face it with Carson. They, they had hoped to buy a $5 million house for about one8 but then immediately they're in it. They're like, oh, shit, the termites are back. Because that's what they were thinking, right? They, they thought, but low buy, but we could hit a home run. Yeah. And, and the reality is with that investment strategy in football, stock market, and homes, I think a lot of times you're like, you're paying the price for a reason. Like, you got them. At, when, guy, Matt Stafford went for two fucking ones. Now, I'm, obviously Matt was better than Carson, but that shows you how far... Carson's, and in fairness, like that was his legit value. No one was trading for him. There was a reason. Yeah, well, part of the question then is if you're, if you're the Colts and you're in this situation, does this make you change how you look at Carson? Like, did before he was hurt, you think there's a chance that he's our future quarterback, and now that he's hurt, do you think, oh no, maybe this is just more the same with him, and now we can't acquire the guy we want to acquire because we're afraid of Carson? I don't think that's enough for them. Like, I still think they've got to look at it long term with him. You mean to get like their Trey Lance? Yeah. Well, yeah. For, exactly. For them to go, like, you know what? Forget Never this. played a preseason game. <laughs> Forget this. They like Trey. Um, I still think they have to look at it long term with Carson. I said when he went down, they cannot roll out with with Eason. They can't do it. But I do understand if they're still looking at it long term with Carson. Like, we still believe long term we could fix this with him. Fix him. Why you can't go? You know, bring in another guy that thinks he's a starting quarterback. But therefore, they go Seattle, the Rams, week one, week two at home, at Tennessee, at Miami, at Baltimore. Then they play Houston. Then they got the Niners, Tennessee again. So they Jesus. are they one win through eight weeks of the season? Probably not. They're probably a better team than that because they should be able to run the ball. But man, well, if they had Carson Wentz and they were let's say four and two in that start, we'd be like, this team's a powerhouse, right? Yeah. They got a shot. Can't bring Min- can you bring Minshew in? Carson, I can't Bill imagine. Bill Walsh, I, I saw on uh, YouTube. Bill Walsh, don't chase mistakes. Yeah, but what, again, you maybe just are you, eat it. Do you? Is this is this I, your I, is this your chance to get in the top five? I think you kind of eat it in part because you you are not giving this you Carson can't, thing you a can't, chance if you go get Nick Foles. Yeah, you you can't cut Carson. He's twenty million dead cap. So this year they're dead cap for Carson. I I looked at it yesterday, forty seven million. So obviously you're not cutting them. Okay. Next year still, I think twenty. So it's it's enough where it's like you're not just going to cut him for twenty million. You're kind of in and bed you with got him, him because years. you think you could build something with him. You do think that. 
What if your team just you just tank the season? That's hard to do. I don't know. No they they might to be too that. good to do that. They're yeah, they are too talented. Other spots. Um, other uh, other NFL headlines, John. Uh, Matthew Stafford's X-ray is negative. Banged his thumb. Feels like he's done that before. Yeah. Um, Giants had a brawl. Daniel Jones ended up on the bottom of the pile. Joe Judge made them run wind sprints and do push-ups. On brand. Your quarterback can't end up at the bottom of the pile. No. Your quarterback can't end up in the fight. So that's, I don't know how it happened. I haven't seen the tape on that yet. but There is a chance Daniel Jones is not that good of a player. It's not like it, – to me, it would be one thing if, like, there was this brawl and Mahomes got hit by Frank Clark's helmet. You'd be like, oh, my God. Right? Frank Clark, you know, whoever. Even though Frank is – I keep seeing videos of him, like, at practice with the Uzi, no big deal. Now, granted, he's not like he shot anybody, but it should, that should just be Lambo. His, Yeah. Uzi and Lambo. <laughs> what a combo. I, I just, I don't think Daniel Jones any good. Or I think there's a chance that's the I case. I think it's probably more likely than not, yeah, at this point. Uh, the guy you identified seems to be doing Elijah Moore. The Jets receiver's getting run with the ones, New York. Uh, Jets. He's good. Jalen Rager passed his conditioning test, now a full participant in training camp. That's... Jeez. Uh, the Heisman guy's already hurt, Devontae. He sprained his knee yesterday. He sprained. Or two days ago. Yeah. Not ideal for the It's game. always one of those guys like, you know, he's good. You know, he probably, uh, he'll be fine. It's like, well, he might be miss a month. I mean, it's no one's fault. I mean, it's How'd he it's do just it? crazy. Did they say it? Or just it was something he felt after a practice? I, I, yeah, I would guess it was in practice. What, what I wonder, if you're the Eagles, you have to feel a little snake bit with injuries because you're like, this guy... Just had the most historic college season in the history of college football at wide receiver. Played in the SEC. Was just every game, it looked like every play was 100%. And then he comes within a week, he sprains his knee. Would he ever, do you ever feel like he would have sprained his knee playing for Saban? (laughs) And clearly he's just playing football, right? He's running routes. But how does it happen on one field, but it never happens on another field? Or would he sprain his knee and just keep playing? I saw the Eagles today, like Jeffrey Lurie on the sideline. With uh, with seven different players in shorts and t-shirts, it was like Darius Slay, Devontae Smith. It was like Lane Johnson. It's like Jesus. Their guys get hurt a lot. Uh, confirmed, John. Soreness is what held Debo Samuel out of practice. Kyle Shanahan said that. Yeah, it's not good. They have been practicing a week. You know, I get sore. Uh, for those on the YouTube question, did you talk about Trey Lance's sixty-yard bomb on the run for a TD? Yes, that's back at the beginning of the show. If you're listening to this, you already heard that. But if you're watching this live, you might have missed that. So go uh, go review the tape. From just peeking at Twitter, it does feel like that video went viral. Just football people. Everyone, quote, tweeted it and, you know, ripped it and all these things. 310,000 views since it went up. I, I do think people just have to acknowledge, and no one will because it's social media. Like, the play would have been dead in real football. <laughs> yeah, the tape. They edited that yeah. out of the tape. But, I mean, you never yeah. know. He might have gotten away from him. The play is not about he threw it, but no one says he threw a touchdown. It's just look at this incredible display of athleticism and accuracy. Yeah. You know, watching the tape, the ball, not as tight a spiral as, as I saw it coming out of the air. I mean, it was a very good throw. I'm just nitpicking here. I, I did see uh, Peyton what do you was call with that spin Big, Cat and, Big Cat and PFD, and he said no one ever threw more wobbly touchdowns than me. So it's like, you know, I remember Doug Nussmeyer when I got to Fresno State who had worked, I think, with Peyton Manning or coached maybe coached against them, but was a huge Peyton Manning guy, was always tell like Brandstater, 
like it's okay. Like your fucking ball doesn't need to be tight. Like Peyton Manning does not throw a spiral. Like that was Peyton Manning's thing. Like he doesn't throw a spiral. It'd be like Greg Maddox being like he just doesn't throw strikes. But it, but he's like God. He's a, he's a starting all star guy every year. Peyton Manning did not throw a spiral guy. The yeah, the harder. I mean, you really, throw, he did not really throw a spiral. Would you get away with a little? I think it's more disruptive to your ball flight when you throw extra hard, right? But you're right. Peyton yeah. was. Yeah, he's 48 is. No, I, I counted it up at 50 yards watching about, so. Do you know, I'm just, I have ESPN.com headline, Carmelo's on the Lakers I just, now? I was going to bring that up. <laughs> Carmelo, uh, Russ, what, what, Russell Westbrook? Here we go. They are old. A lot of, I, there was a lot of buzz, like, and this always happens in free agency, like, do you think we get this guy for, like, sick, in all sports? You're like, can we, do you think we get a deal on this guy? Like, $4 million? And then that same guy in all three of the major sports ends up signing for like three years, 60 million. And all the fans will be like, damn, we're a little off on that one. <laughs> like I saw DeMar DeRozan sign for three years, $85 million. I saw people like bantering about for weeks. Like, do you think we can get DeMar for the mid-level? Like all these different fans. Happens a lot with players. And then all of a sudden, it just takes one, someone to give them like $69 million. You're like, holy shit. I uh, the one that blew. I thought Derrick Rose was retired like three years ago, and he just signed three for forty three, something like that. What a comeback! I mean, he was awesome last year, but Chris Paul like two years ago was like, "This is the worst contract in the league." To like a year later, takes team to the finals, then gets four years, one hundred twenty million dollars. Like he pivoted quick. Uh, Good news, John. We'll be back in Niners practice on Wednesday. So if you're going out there, uh, you can take a you know secret photos of us, but holler at us too. Yeah, uh, make sure you're high what's on the uh, you know on the bleachers to get a good low angle. I don't want you my right angle, the belly angle, go high. Oh, for the photo, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Many of ladies taught me that the angles are key. It's all about yeah. angles. So that this and the the one leg out in front of the other leg when you're taking the photo. Yeah. You don't want to get caught like guy around uh, people, you know, on social media were acting like how short is guy, and while guy is not six feet tall, you were Five, around s- several people that were six seven, right? Yeah, I mean Jeff Schwartz is one of the biggest six, humans six. I've ever seen. Evan Moore six six. Ryan Leaf is six 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 seven. Yeah. How far? How tall? Kukovkov's got to be like six five. And Sean O'Connell won a million bucks uh, in a MMA fight. So, <laughs> did he really win a million dollars? Yeah, he won the million dollar. Uh, was it um, PFL? You know. And then, um, did you see Mike? And he's still and he's still working. I respect. Right, he's a great guy. <laughs> and then, did you see Mike McDaniel's press conference the other day or the Niners when he came out? And he was like, like "I just want to give everybody a moment to really take in how physically imposing I am." I walked by. We both did. I guess we were both. He's about your size, a little taller probably, but yeah, he's got a good he's got a good look, a little skinnier good hair. Too. You know, I, I bet he I bet he's like sweet designer fade shades on his his sunglasses were the color of a John Daly. If I had to guess his height weight, I'd go five eight and a half, one fifty five. Does that feel about right? Skinny, yeah. I might give him five, maybe yeah, maybe five nine, five nine, yeah. I thought Lafleur uh, had a similar body type, Mike. Mike LaFleur, yeah. It feels like Matt's a little bigger than Mike because it felt like Mike and McDaniel were kind of doppelgamers for each other. They look a little different in the face, but body types, yeah. very, very similar. <laughs> you know? Jeff Halfley. <laughs> yeah, very, very similar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
All right. So, we'll, yeah, we'll the be back at Niner practice on Wednesday. So, uh, you know, more reaction coming from that one. And uh, share the pod, review it, check out the Facebook page, send us your photos of you and your Tito's. We appreciate that. It's great to have Tito's on board. Check out the butcherbox.com slash ham, DraftKings promo code ham. And, um, yeah, keep your questions coming. Get get in the mailbag. Let's see any I, – I was saving comments as we went here. Here's a couple other comments, John, to, as you raised the trophy there. Alex says, I'm in Chicago. As high as everyone is on Lance, the field's hype is just as high. Did you see Riddick's tweet yesterday? No. What did he say? You know, it was your classic just. Something about Trey Lance. I mean, uh, Justin Fields. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, keep reading the comments and I'll find uh, it. I said earlier something about somebody drinking squirt with Tito's. Jesse says, dude, a squirt of lemon juice, brother, not squirt soda. <laughs> Maybe that's what everybody means when they say squirt. And I've, and I've been thinking they meant squirt soda. Uh, another one. Let's let's keep this one going. When the pads start popping, the pods start dropping. I like that. That's here. Here was Lewis. Not gonna say how crazy good some of the things I've been told about Justin Fields, the professional, have been this far. Hmm. Don't want to hear it's only training camp in quotes. Brigade puff up their chest and scream at the top of their lungs. But dot dot dot. It has been that all caps that. Good. Just saying. Okay. I know talking to one of their coaches in the spring, they were just very, very impressed with, Lewis alluded to it, just professionally, like how hard he works, you know, the offense, studying the questions. You know, being, I think, a quarterback, a young one, a highly hyped one, these coaches are probably looking at you like a Harvard professor views like some elite grad student, like how inquisitive is like how much intellectual they are really judging you harshly, <laughs> you know, like you're, the bar is just really high. Like it's like, he, you know, he shows up at six 15, could have been here at 6 AM. Right. It's just, it's probably unfair. So when you are really impressing them, that's, I guess this is what you want, you know, cause they're, they're there to nitpick you a little. They, uh, they want to make sure you're maximizing your talent, right? Like, does this guy have what it takes to make the most of his talent? There's nothing a coach hates like uh, un- unrealized potential because you're lazy. He's not. Well, Fields is faster than than Lance. Straight line. Speed. Fields saying. was like a 4-4 guy. So, Fields just in the open field has got to be like, They feel more committed God. to Andy Dalton for some reason than the Niners are. But I, I just, it does uh, snowball. Yeah. A guy can just, you know. Well, I think there's going to be. Once the fans get involved, guy, no one wants to hear it. There's so many great, there's going to be so much buildup for the preseason this year. Because you're going to get guys like. you think the like, preseason ratings are going to be outrageous for just, some of these there's teams? There's so many guys you want. Like, we're going to sit here, I know we will. Looking at the early season, the preseason schedule going, okay, what do we want to see? Like, first of all, this week, Steelers-Cowboys. But just like, so, uh, sorry, that's the, I want the preseason schedule here. Preseason week one. Saturday, the Niners play. 8-14, Saturday. Uh, yeah, but, but there are, so next Thursday, there's two games. Washington, New England, Pittsburgh, Philly. Next Thursday. Next Thursday, not this coming Thursday. Then then there's three Friday, August 13th game. Friday the 13th has three games. Tennessee, I Atlanta, Buffalo, Detroit, Dallas, Arizona. Then, like you said, there's a bunch of uh, Saturday, August 14th. And then what? what is the 50? Indy plays that Sunday night. 
So is Jacob think, Eason getting a half for the Colts? Do you think do you think Goodell shoots like Manfred a text? Be like just on I guess this Thursday, like, hey, see you guys. You guys gonna keep going or <laughs> do you guys keep playing? Do you guys already want to start your playoffs? Squeeze them in before week one. I'll I'll give you a little open lane. I've always said, listen, I, I know you're a baseball guy. I'm a sneaky baseball guy too. I, I do think they blow it a little bit by not. There, there's some open runway. Starting a little earlier. Well, ju- I mean, I, I would cut off some games for sure, but I, I would utilize. I think I know golf actively moved everything back to get the playoffs in in August. Right. You just you, you can't. It's not a fair fight. We've learned that in September. No, it's not. It, or October. And October baseball is so great, right? So intense. But that's the but beauty just, of it. Is I love. I watch. I get both. I watch the baseball and the football. October is a great sports month. I know, but the numbers will tell you you're alone, right? I mean, just the, most people don't have two TVs. Yeah, but I just love playoff baseball. I mean, you could put it. Uh, yeah, you're well, right. I know, I'm mo- an most people do, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like, if the Niner game's on and the, you have the ability, most people don't. I think a lot of I mean, you know you could get, get a little stream. You could watch both know, if you just, really want to, just, which is how many people really are like, yeah, let me get both going here. Yeah. Well, I mean, around here, fucking Giants are playing the Dodgers in the first round. Well, yeah, it depends if the Dodgers won the wild card game. Yeah. So, all right. Okay, Kapler. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. I told you it was good. See ya. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.